Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. Welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast. We're here going to do the uh, rest of the Big 12 previews. And uh, I'm here with Kendall. How you doing, Kendall? Doing good. Great for football start. Me too. Good God, it's taking forever. Colin, how you doing? Doing well. Everything going good? Going perfect. Okay. Ethan, how about you? You ready? Yep. Jockstrap? I'm sorry, we call you Jockstrap, don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brady, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. You ready for uh, opening weekend? Oh, more than ever. If you guys haven't noticed out there in the audience or at the table, uh, it's probably the greatest kickoff weekend ever. So yes. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Very good week. It's a big 12 of two. Yep. Uh, anybody, everybody going good? Anybody doing anything fun they want to discuss? No. Anything interesting in life happening? Well, uh, just, Brady, just dominated my uh, fantasy football draft, so no big deal there. I tend to disagree with that. More, more than norm <laughs> for me. If anybody's interested in seeing Brady's actual roster, please uh, DM the uh, Big Country Podcast Twitter account. Championship team, that's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We got another one coming up this weekend, don't we? Yes, we do. We got to get that done. I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. I guess I got some research to do on that, too. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into some of these Big 12 previews. Is uh, everybody ready? Everybody got their information? Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, One little thing I wanted to do to add a little bit to the podcast is bring up one little interesting tidbit about the Big 12 as a whole. Uh, Rather, it might be conference standings in certain situations, uh, stats, whatever the case may be. Uh, this week, one little thing I wanted to talk about was S&P rating, offense and defense. It's a it's a thing that a lot of you probably may not know what it is, but it's starting to pop up a lot more. It's an interesting stat. I feel like it's something that people need to understand. And the official thing is S&P plus rating. If you want to get a good explanation on it, because I don't have all the time to fully dive into it, go to footballoutsiders.com they have, and search S&P plus rating. They have a very good breakdown on how this stat works. Uh, basically, what it is is... It can be for offense and defense, and it covers efficiency, explosiveness, field position, finishing drives, in the case of defense, getting off the field and third down, things like that. And there's other factors they include in some of them, like turnovers, sack rates. Turnovers and sack rates seem to go hand in hand, so that's a good one to use. Okay, in the Big 12, as far as the Big 12 goes, I know there's a lot of discussion. You know, you hear things like ESPN and Fox Sports say that so irritatingly. Basketball on grass. They don't play defense. Well, I know if you're like me, you get as sick of hearing it as anybody else because you know this conference has had some good defenses in times. Um, if you go off, this is a stat that I got off SB Nation in one of their articles. The Big 12, since 2007, six of the Big 12's defenses have ranked in the defensive S&P Plus top 10 and 30 in the top 30. And that's since 2007. Only nine in those years. So we're talking, what, nine years? Nine seasons basically going into this season? Only nine of them in that time have ranked 100th or worse. So there's some pretty good – There's uh, the point is, go, using stats like this, the Big 12 plays pretty solid defense. You can't go off just this, the standard, you know, points per game, the yards. You have to go off points per possession. And you got to use some of these little analytical things like this. I'm sure you nerds love this stuff. I know I do. And, you know, it just, it, it's a better way of breaking down defense other than this, just the traditional way. Like, for instance, that one conference called the SEC wants to make you think it has to be, 
So anyway, I just want to start adding some of that and doing a little education and making sure everybody's up to date. That's a stat you're going to start seeing a lot more. I started seeing a little bit last year and just recently started to understand it. So make yourself a little more, you know, informed with the S&P Plus ratings. And that also works for offense too, by the way. Okay, moving on into our first team. Our first team is Oklahoma, and uh, that's going to be me and Brady. You want to you want to tell them what we're what teams we're going to discuss in this one first? Yeah, we can. That's fine. <clears throat> okay, uh, in this particular podcast, we're going to be doing Oklahoma. We're going to be doing Texas Tech. We're going to be doing Baylor. We're also going to be doing West Virginia and Kansas. Colin is going to take care of Kansas. I'm going to be doing Texas Tech. Baylor is going to get done by Kendall. West Virginia is going to be Brady. And Oklahoma is going to be me and Brady. And the reason we do that is because there's 10 teams and there's four of us. And we split the Oklahoma teams. There's two of us doing Oklahoma. There's two of us doing Oklahoma State. And then the other eight teams are split up by us individually. It was just the easiest way to even it out. So, that being said, let's go ahead and move into the first one which is the Sooners preview, and that will be me and Brady. You ready, Brady? I am. Okay. Uh, A little bit of uh, off-season camp news that we're going to get into. Uh, One thing that I thought was particularly big was Kerry Cooks getting upgraded to assistant defensive coordinator. He's the defensive back coach, and as you know, Brady has basically turned that secondary into just way better overnight. I mean, they've been tremendously better in all areas. They were the number one pass defense last year in the conference. No doubt, man. The the minute he stepped on Kansas or on campus, man, he uh he boosted up that boosted up the defense, recruiting, got some guys in immediately that he he had been targeting while he was at Notre Dame and and he's done he's done a heck of a job turning it around in the secondary there. Yeah, he's he's known as one of the top recruiters in the country right now. Easily one of the top ten. I mean, dude's a rising star, probably a name you're gonna hear for a big defensive job soon. Hopefully OU can hang on to him as long as possible. They seem to really enjoy having him there. Uh, he's done a heck of a job recruiting. I know he's right now recruited several four stars in that class. Uh, the other uh, little bit of news that we saw, as you guys know, Oklahoma and their president, Boren, was uh, involved in all of the offseason controversy with the expansion and the discussion at camps and all that. Well, the one bright spot, in my opinion, that came out of that was they got this walk on rule settled, and Baker Mayfield managed to get an extra year of eligibility for 2017. I'd say bright spot for everybody in Oklahoma's camp, maybe not for the rest of the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. More, when I say bright spot, more as a whole, I felt like the rule needed to be changed. It was kind of a crappy rule. Um, in my opinion, if you're a walk-on and they're not going to give you a year of scholarship, and just in general, you should be able to go elsewhere without penalty, in my opinion. Um, moving on into the into the camp and a little bit of off-season camp of what we're hearing, some of the names that we're hearing, guys that – you know, definitely, just as recently as a few weeks ago, had no idea was really going to be having a role in the season. Uh, the first one is Nick Basquin. He's a freshman walk-on wide receiver. He looks like he's going to be fighting for an inside job at, in the slot, 5'11", 190. You know anything about him? Yeah, I just know that his, uh, I believe his senior year, he had, had an injury and, and didn't get really heavily recruited by a lot of Power 5 teams, so... He was able to walk on at OU as a preferred walk-on, and from everything you're hearing around around Norman, is he's putting in putting in the work this offseason and really making a shot at fighting for that spot or for some playing time at wide receiver. Yeah, on Twitter, I, I when I first saw this, and I knew a little bit about him, he did have some some offers at some bigger schools. It wasn't like the guy was just a turd. He just yeah. 
between the injury and he just didn't, he felt like, you know, he grew up in the shadow of Norman under that stadium, so he didn't want to play there. But um, a little bit I found out about him. I asked one of the people that are there recovering, that are actually covering the team constantly every day in that practice, is this a sign of the team or is this a sign of how he's doing? And they flat out said, no, this is all him. He's a very good player. It has nothing to do with the receiving core as a whole other than the fact that there's not a ton of depth in the inside spot, especially with Makai Quick switching to defense. So moving on, another name that we're hearing a lot about is Capri Doucette, 6'2", 225 linebacker that seems to be playing the striker role and doing it pretty well. The old Lackawanna pipeline that we got there. Got Capri Doucette, uh, Ashton Julius, and who was the other one we got? Emmanuel uh, Bill. Bill. Yeah, Bill. Doucette and Bill are linebackers, but the one you're hearing the most about is Doucette, his speed off the edge, really, uh, really playing that striker position and starting to uh, impress the coaches there. And then quickly, the last one that I didn't see coming really at all, especially leaving the season last year, was uh, Eric Green. Sounds like he's going to play center. And for me, that is a big deal because he's so much more bigger and physical than Alvarez, the projected center. He's a 6'2", 305. So if that works out, I think that'll be better for them to be able to push the people around inside. Yeah, what's crazy about that is Wren, wasn't, wasn't he a walk-on there? Yes, he is a walk-on. So, I mean, for him to come in and be a walk-on and actually be, uh, from everything I've heard, it sounds like he's going to he's gonna take that center spot. So, I mean, that's huge for OU to get a walk-on with that kind of production. Yeah, def- mean, definitely. They haven't named it, but I think if they had to play a game today, it's Ren instead of Alvarez, who played last year and was started the whole season. So, as a guard, yeah. but still on the line. Yeah. Uh, moving on into the offense. As we know, 2015 – uh, the offense did pretty good. Obviously, a huge turnaround over 2014. They finished seventh in the nation and fourth in the Big 12 in total offense, 43, which tells you how good the Big 12 is in in, in offense. I mean, if, let me say that again if you didn't hear it. They finished seventh in the nation but fourth in the conference in total offense at 43.5 points per game and 530 yards per game. I mean, that just tells you what kind of offense happens in this conference. Uh, key players lost. Sterling Shepard, obviously. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Everybody knows. He had 86 receptions, 1,288 yards, 11 touchdowns. That's a huge hole to fill. Big, big loss right there. Yeah, it's going to be tough to replace. The other one I felt like was kind of a big one in that spot was Deron Neal. And he wasn't always the best receiver at times, but his senior year, he had a really good senior year. And a lot of people don't realize this. He had basically, I mean, right up near the same stats that Westbrook did. I mean, he's a little less in receptions, a little less in yards, but pretty close, pretty comparable stats. He was the third leading receiver at 44 receptions, 559 yards, and three touchdowns. So that, And just, just the, the, the leadership, which seems to be a resounding theme with this whole team. Players lost, there are more talented guys behind these guys at almost every position. Better recruited, better athletically, but the leadership, the roles they played were very important. Yeah, I'd say there's definitely some very athletic guys behind them, but Shepard's production, I mean, I think you'll see that dispersed through a lot of a lot of guys, but being that he was you could pretty much throw the ball to him whenever whenever you needed to, that was that was huge for OU and, and they'll have to look to replace that this year. Definitely. He bailed him out a few times, or more than a few times. Uh key returners, obviously, without going goes without saying Baker. He had 395. He was 395 attempts, 269 completions, 3,700 yards, 36 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a 68.1 completion percentage. The guy was pretty good, needless to say. Uh, Mixon, Joe Mixon, 
700, he had 753 yards rushing, seven touchdowns, 58 yards per carry, or 58 yards per game average. Uh, receptions was, he was also, a lot of people don't know this, he was the fourth leading receiver on the team. He had 356 yards receiving, four touchdowns. He averages 12 and a half yards every time he catches the ball. And he is looking, from everything I've heard, is looking really good in camp. Physically put on a few pounds, uh, even even trim, trimmed up while putting on a few pounds. So he's going to be a little bigger and leaner. So should be a little more, a little more burst out of him this year. Finally getting his legs underneath him after a year, uh, playing a year. So I expect a big year out of him. And, that, I mean, that that's not including, which I'm sure another key returner in yours is P. Ryan. Yes, yes. I mean, Mixon is the second second back and P. Ryan's the first. And, and that guy is coming back from uh, off-season ankle surgery. And from what it sounds like, this ankle surgery is something he's needed some since high school. Sounds like he had a loose tendon or something like that that was causing him to roll his ankle quite a bit. So I'm expecting another big year out of him, and uh, he's got the potential to break uh, Billy Sims' record. Yeah, he's got a ch- he's got a chance. If you guys haven't seen and noticed, go look at it up. He's got a chance. P Ryan does to break a lot of OU historical records this season, depending on how it ends up happening. Um, moving on, names to watch. I've got. Uh, the first one, key guy in the, in the receiving core, Mark Andrews. He's a sophomore tight end, played as a freshman, had 19 catches, 318 yards, and seven touchdowns. You got anything you want to say about him? Just a big guy mismatch. I mean, you put him in the inside going against the linebacker, too fast for him. Put him in the outside going against the corner, he's too big for him. So, yeah, he only had he only had 19 catches last year, but they were they were some pretty big catches and. And I expect him, especially with an offseason, to work on his blocking. That guy should be should be ready to roll this year. Yeah, that's that, that's his big big thing. He's got to block better to stay on the field. Also, A.D. Miller played in six games. He's having a great camp. We're hearing good things about him. We mentioned Basquin. Uh, before the year is over, I think, especially now with the injury to uh, – help me, I forgot his name. <laughs> the running back. Abdul uh, Oh. No. The other one. Uh, Anderson. Anderson, yes, Rodney Anderson. Sorry, I'm getting them all confused. We have so many now. Um, Rodney Anderson. Uh, Abdul Adams is a name that I plan on hearing pretty a lot more of. Four-star running back in the 15 class. He's from the D.C. area. He's, where it is, he's pretty hard to handle in space. He could make a big impact at some point. And I'm sorry, was that the 16 class, not the 15 class? I said that wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh, offensive MVP, in my opinion. Wait, I, I want to go to I want to go to names to watch. I think I think oh, a name sorry, to watch. Ahead. I think a name to watch this year is that Michael Jones or Michael Jones or however you say his name. Michael is how I've heard it pronounced by most people. So yeah, I think that guy. He was a kind of a late addition to the recruiting class last year uh, at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He's got a chance to p- come in there. He's been hurt a little bit in camp, but it sounds like he's learning the system really well and I expect him by week three or four to be be really pushing for time uh at the starting position there yeah was help me out was he the late flip we had he was the uh, he was the one Mississippi from State? Mississippi was, State yeah that's yeah. what I thought okay yes yeah that was a late flip that was a big that was like the day before signing day yep uh okay defensively real quick return back to in my opinion the defense returned back to what they kind of are expected to be in Norman they weren't by any means the greatest Bob's ever had, but they were very, very good. 
they ranked first in scoring and passing defense in the conference, and they also finished second in rushing defense behind West Virginia, which was kind of a shocker to me. I didn't realize they were that good at rush defense. Um, the key players that they lost, I mean, it's definitely names, but, you know, like I said, there's some more talented guys behind some of these guys, but definitely key leaders and names. There's Eric Stryker, who led the team in tackles for loss and sacks. Devontae Bond, who had 43 total tackles. Dom Alexander had 103 total tackles, led the team in tackles the last few years. Um, you know, Charles Tapper, the defensive end. In my opinion, that might be the most crucial because Tapper, we don't have an answer. OU has no answer at all behind Charles Tapper and yet that we know of that's established. They list Charles Walker as a defensive end, but in my opinion, he's not really a traditional defensive end. He seems to be an animal inside also. Uh, especially if you go back and look at some of the game, like Baylor games and games like that, he just absolutely tore them apart inside. Um, you know, Zach Sanchez, obviously. You know, anything you want to say about any of those guys? I mean, losing Stryker, I mean, that's a big – I mean, athletically he wasn't the most athletic guy out there. I mean, he was extremely fast off the off the ball. But uh, losing him as a leader, that's, that's, that's a huge loss for OU. Yeah, and, and yeah, he, he just seemed to be I an think, I think guy. the biggest, I think, I mean, Tapper's a huge loss, but I think Bond was was kind of the uh, the glue to that, that linebacking core there, and I think he was very underrated underrated at OU. So yeah. I think him, that's that's a big loss. Well, it seems to be interesting. They're discussing real quick uh, that uh, moving uh, Will Johnson there to play that a little bit, where he can play back and forth between that position and the nickel. So I, I'll have, I find that interesting. Yeah. Uh, Key returning guys, the secondary, the whole secondary. I mean, they were the leading pass defense. The did guy, you did you mention Zach Sanchez on players lost? Yes, I did. Sorry. Okay. Yes, he had seven interceptions, led the team, had one pick six. Yes, very very big deal as far as he takes a lot of chances and gets a lot of big turnovers. Um, yep. The secondary, real quickly, uh, Stephen Parker, Ma Thomas, Jordan Thomas, Will Johnson. You know that was that's a big loss. Jordan Evans, I'm sorry, big return. Uh, Jordan Evans. Uh, back leading that linebacking core, that's big because he's the only linebacker back that started. Uh, defensive line, Matt Romar, Matt Diamond, Jordan Wade, all back as starters. And then I think Charles Walker, who will be a big deal, some people may not know about, that played in every game but did not start one. Um, yeah. Then, uh, you know, you got any, any names to watch that you want to throw out real quick before we move on? Um, I mean, I think you mentioned the ball on – oh, you're talking about – watching players this year yeah uh, yeah guys that you, you think might make an impact this year i think neville gallimore the uh defensive tackle from canada i think he's 6'3 305 pounds i mean that guy's gonna be gonna be a monster for some offensive lines uh oboe i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name Okoronkwo. Uh, yeah that guy Agbani from, from everything from everything you've heard from him over the last couple of years i mean I've heard that he's just a, a freak of nature, big guy, fast guy, very athletic. So to me, he sounds a lot like Stryker. I don't think he's going to do any, you know, good pass defense, but he's going to be very good at rushing the passer, and that's going to be his main job. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Stryker, but he's way more, way bigger and way more oh, yes. athletic than yes. Stryker. Yes, definitely. So more faster, bigger, stronger than Stryker was. Yes. If if they're able to just put him on the edge and turn him loose and not worry about pass coverage, I mean, this guy could end up with, you know. 12, 13 sacks on the season. Mm -hmm. One other thing I find just interesting real quick on that, players to watch, Devonta Lampkin from Texas. Uh, you know, that's a transfer from Texas, as in the Texas Longhorns. He's 6'4", 330 pounds, will be playing this year. He was sitting out last year if you weren't familiar. Some of the 
you know, hidden footage that was leaked by him and other people that was quickly taken down that we found. The dude can move bodies. That's one thing we know. He can He's a very powerful man inside. Can move people around. Uh, I think that's a name you're going to see really making an impact on the defensive line before it's over. And I really hope to see him play against Texas. I think that'll be interesting. Because if you know anything about the way that whole situation went down, he probably can't wait to get on the field against those guys. Uh, one, real quickly, one defensive MVP. Who you got? Defensive MVP for me is Charles Walker. Yeah. I think that guy is going to come into his own this year and and dominate. That That's exactly who I was going to go with. And it, it may not even have the best stats at times. Sometimes, depending on where they play him, he may not have the most sacks. But that guy is going to be a handful for everybody this year. Uh, my pick to be the be the defensive player of the year in the conference, probably, uh, if he yeah. has the stats, especially. I'll, I'll chime in here. I think it's actually going to be Stephen Parker on defense. And that's another name I had. I just don't know that Parker's going to have the stats, but yes, that he, he seemed to come up with key plays. He may not be involved yeah. all the time, especially since he's in the secondary. But when he makes a play, it's usually big. Yeah, and he and he and people may not realize it. I've gone back and watched some of the games. Uh, going back and watching him, he kind of controls it all. He kind of puts everything in motion, puts people where they need to go. Um, the games we can get into after we're done. So, um, do what? Do you have an offensive MVP? Yeah, we said Baker. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was just kind of. I think good. I think it got interrupted. I started talking about Michael Jones or Mikael Jones. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So yeah, obviously Baker. Baker to me on the offensive MVP. I mean. Yeah, that's kind of a given. Can't go wrong there. Nah, and we can get into some of the key games after we're done. Go ahead and uh, let's move on now. Who's our our next team is? That'll, that'll be me with Kansas. Kansas. All right, Colin. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll go ahead and move from probably the uh, Big 12 champion to the uh, laughing stock of NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kansas fans. He doesn't mean that. Yeah, no. It, he really does. Yeah, that they're they're coming off of a 0-12 season, which everybody's pretty familiar with, but. In all fairness to David Beatty, he wasn't left with much when he took over. There, there have been several years, well, actually, probably around seven years of just bad coaching, terrible yes. recruits. You know, they had to weather the storm with Charlie Weiss, and are actually still pinging him for for the job that he did there. So is Notre Dame. I yes. think, yeah, I think Weiss is getting plenty of paychecks from a lot of teams. <laughs> yeah, he's he's robbing people by far the worst of anybody. He might be the smartest coach. He, that's what schools I was, and not, not coaching at all. That's true. That's what I was about to say. Could be a genius. And he was the offensive forward coordinator at Florida, and they probably only too. Yeah, and basically what, what's going on at Kansas right now is they're in a continuous rebuild. There's, there's a, a lack of talent across the board. It, it's going to be one of those things where it, it takes, a, you know, maybe three to four years before they're even back to respectability. Uh, this year, they're – First game is probably the only game they really have a shot, a legitimate shot to win. They should win, going to get, going up against Rhode Island. But this year they are they are returning a, a quarterback, uh, Ryan Willis. He he did, wasn't the starter the whole season, but he played the majority, and he he did okay. You know, uh, with the lack of weapons okay, around him. Okay, considering the talent for sure. Exactly, he didn't have a lot of help, and he was under continual pressure and no running game. Not a lot of speed from the receivers. Uh, unfortunately for him, they they didn't bring in a lot. One of the uh, one of the things is they they brought in a transfer from Texas A&M last year. He actually set out last year, 
uh, Speedy Gonzalez. He has a, a lot of speed. He was a former four-star. What, what was his name? Speedy Gonzalez? <laughs> yeah, Speedy Time Gonzalez. Out. That's got to be a discussion real quick. His name is Speedy Gonzalez. That, that's his nickname. Speedy. Okay. Speedy is his nickname. Oh, okay. Okay. So I they thought that him. was a legitimate name. Like, I, was... I thought that was the name on the jersey. You know, I was like, wait a minute. I'll, I'll let uh, Corey attempt to, to pronounce the name again. That was the... Uh, La, La oh, that one. Yes, uh, Laquiviante Speedy Gonzalez. Speedy yes. being the nickname. Lavi Quint. Exactly. La, La I can't even say it without the paper now. But yes, that one. Okay, and you know, just like just like I was saying, the the offense was was bad last year, and unfortunately, the defense was actually worse. Yes. Uh, rush worse. rush defense was just uh, just abysmal, and when you can't stop the run, you're gonna have a really hard time stopping the pass, which they obviously did. The uh, they one of the good things about Kansas this year, and this is this is for all you Kansas fans. This is something that you can actually look forward to. One of the bad thing, or one of the good things about having a bad team the year before, is there, a lot of the young guys are going to play, and they did get a lot of experience. And that's something that that they do have. You can start building on that. Everybody's getting experience. The one thing that you do need to help that you do need to help you this year, though, you have got to start getting more talent. That, that's something that he's trying to address on the recruiting trail. He hasn't sold out to try to go the JUCO way. He's trying to do it right. He's bringing mm-hmm. in young guys. Mm-hmm. They, they brought in a few JUCO guys to help out along the lines, but he's still trying to build it the right way. That's one thing I that's thought he was doing an impressive job of. He was not. He he could have taken the road of I'm just going to offer because they only had now these numbers may not be exact, but just roughly they had about 65 walk-on scholarship players starting the season last year. They ended with like 54. Or something like that after Six, injury. Sixty-five walk-on or sixty-five I'm sorry, scholarship. Walk, walk, sorry, sixty-five scholarship players. Okay. The rest were walk-ons. I said that too fast. And when they were done, they had fifty-four-ish when they were left. He could have taken that, and that's all thanks to Charlie Weiss, who basically just threw his hands up in the air when it came to recruiting. Um, and he did, he could have taken the road of okay, I'm going to hand out scholarships to the first thirty bodies I see and try to get to eighty-five. And hats off to him. He didn't, and as long as Kansas stays patient with him, I think that could pay dividends in the next few years. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's the right coach for the job. I think I don't think they're going to be in a hurry to get rid of him by any means. He's they're going to give him, you know, they're going to have patience with him while he's trying to rebuild the program. Yeah, I, I listened to him a little bit at the Big Twelve Media Days. Uh, I mean, he sounds like a, a really bright guy. I mean, I feel I feel bad for the guy. I mean, who? Who are you going to get to go play at Kansas, especially right now after not winning a single game last year? So he's got a long road ahead of him, and and I think I think Kansas, I think the university itself allows him that time to try to rebuild it. I mean, what else can you do? You can't you can't just keep cutting coaches and expect them to perform miracles. Yeah, exactly. You got to give him time, and if he turns the rocks over, there's enough talent out there that is good enough to play at Kansas and be make them competitive. And it seems like he'll do his due, due diligence on that. So, right. Well, uh, key returners for the team. I have Ryan Willis, who, like I was saying, finished the season as a starting quarterback last year. Also, uh, Montel Cozart. He was one of the quarterbacks that got playing time last year. There. They're a bit different. Ryan Willis is more of your prototypical quarterback. He's going to throw the ball over the place. Montel Cozart, dual threat quarterback. He can run the ball a little bit. And he was actually, probably, I think, if I remember right, he's the third leading rusher coming back this season. Is there a competition there? There is right opinion? now. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's one of those things where he wants, it's kind of what we talked about with other teams. Brady wants Willis to win the job. It's there for him to win it, and I think he will. He's a guy that, has the most talent. 
Cozart's been around the program a number of years and just oh, hasn't okay. really put it all together yet. Well, the, oh, okay, I think I remember him. Okay, yes, I think I know who you're talking about. The, the little bit that I've gotten from it, it seems like uh, most people around the program feel like Willis is actually better than the sum of the parts around him. Like, he's actually yes. better than what we're seeing, but and that, that's he just needs a little too. more help. It's just, last year, it was just, it, it kind of steamrolled on him after, you know, they had a couple of close games, the, mm -hmm. the game with Tech and then the, the game with TCU come to mind, but mm -hmm. just couldn't put it all together. Uh, another key returner I have, Keon Kinner. He's the leading rusher, the leading returning rusher. Mm -hmm. um, Kinnear? Is it Kinnear or Kinnear? It, it, oh, I apologize. I think it's Kinnear. Yeah, sorry. But I, I think, you know, the running game is kind of a sum. You see this with, with OSU sum. It's a... Not just the running back, it's the line. And when there's not a lot of talent on the offensive line and the running back's not really elite, you're going you're gonna to struggle. And that's, that's what we've seen the past couple of years. Uh, ben Johnson at tight end, he, he should be able to help Willis uh, along with the, uh, hopefully the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. uh, key departure, departures, you have DeAndre Mann. He was the leading rusher last year. He, he left. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Trey Parmalee, he was a leading wide receiver with – Receiving yards last year. Just out of curiosity, do you know how many yards he had? Which one? The Parmalee, the receiver. I don't. I don't have that. One. Okay. Sorry. Jockstrap, you might want to look that. I'm just curious to see what kind of. Types I, of it yards was not a lot. I want to say, if I remember off the top of my head, that it was around 500 and 500 and something. They didn't have any any statistical freaks okay. out there. If you don't have it, it's no big deal, Jockstrap. No, it, it's nothing to write home about. Anyway, okay. So. I was just curious to see what it was. Uh. For strengths and weaknesses on the team, uh, on offense, I actually wrote that there isn't a really a true strength on the offense. The offensive, the offensive line will return some experience. There's just not a lot of talent to speak of. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Willis will get a shot to build on his freshman season, and I do have the stats for him. Last season, he threw for 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns, and ten interceptions. So he definitely needs to improve there. The main problem last season for him was his completion rate was only 52%, so he's definitely got to improve on that. Yeah. If you want to be, I'm, a I'm sure he didn't have much time to throw either, though. Well, that that is true. Yeah, um, you got to be in the 60s if you're going to be, you know, at least have a shot at being pretty solid. For, yeah, mid, for the mid to high 50s. Weakness for the team, of talent. I mean, that's it's that's a, a smart. Glaring, it's a glaring, yeah. a glaring need for the team. Yeah, I mean that, that and depth, I'm sure, right? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, it's yes, obviously on yeah, yeah. their path. The only problem yeah. with depth is if it's not talented, then it doesn't really. Right, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yes. they've got to start bringing in some better players. They need they need more good. scholarship worthy players, plain and simple. Exactly, and better ones. Okay, uh, on defense for for strengths, uh, I, I, again I want you. There's not really a true strength. I will say that, like I was saying earlier, the good thing being on a bad team is there were a lot of players that got reps last year, meaningful situations, meaningful for them, but maybe not for the outcome of the game. But a lot of people were getting snaps that should help them going forward. Uh, weaknesses last year actually they were really bad against the run and we as you know with defense if you can't stop the run you're not gonna be able to stop much of anything no if, actually not yeah and that that's where they were they struggled bad last year and that that hurt them across the board and that can get you in trouble more than in the big 12 maybe more than just about any other conference because of how dangerous the offenses are if you can't stop the run and control it and at least force the defense or the offense to kind of you know, figure out what they're going to do then and put some pressure on the passing game, then they will absolutely take you apart in this conference. Yeah, you, mm. you have no shot. Yeah. Uh, MVP of the team this year, I'm going to go ahead and go with Ryan Willis. I mean, Big 12 quarterback dictates everything. 
Yes. I mean, mm -hmm. he does need the help around him, but he has to be good to give them a chance to, to be good. Yeah. Or to win a few he, games this year. He's got to be exceptional for them to win a, win a few games. Right. I mean, what are, what are you thinking win-loss on the on the season? You thinking they have a chance to win more than a game this year? Honestly, be honest about it. I, I'm going out on a win. I'm picking to win two. I'm going two games? Two uh, and ten. Out of, out of conference or any in-conference? Uh, they will not win a conference game this season. That's fair. Yeah. Yep. The first game is pretty much a gimme. Better than last year, though, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the, the first game is a gimme against Rhode Island. They Rhode Island last year went 1-10 against FCS opponents. Well, their game last year, game one, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, this was last year. Maybe it was the year before when they played Rutgers. Wasn't that last year? It was, it was South Dakota State. Oh, okay. South, so it was two yeah, years South ago. Dakota okay, State. So last year was the one that I remember game one. They said we have to win this game. and The problem that Kansas had last year, they, they played well at times, but they were getting such an awful hole by the end of the first quarter yeah. that they could not come back. And they had several times where they yeah. mounted furious comebacks, and they mm -hmm. they just could not finish the comeback. They need a game where they can be in control or at least in it for most of it. Yeah, and yep. then uh, the defensive MVP, I have Fish Smithson, who was actually the returning leading tackler in the Big 12. Wow. He played safety for Kansas. So Anybody else know that? Just show of hands? I have a clue. I, never, I don't even think I heard the guy's name before. He, he had a 111 tackles last season. It's never a good wow. sign when your safety is the lead tackle. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely understand the leading, leading tackler there, just because nobody's stopping him in front, so somebody's got to be able to tackle somebody. Yeah, it just it shocked me that guy's name. I hadn't heard that name. I don't think all year last year. If I did, I just overlooked it. And, uh, we didn't really hear much of anything from Kansas except that they were still losing. Yeah. So. Well, for uh, key players this year on offense, I'm going to start with Ryan Willis. And it goes without saying he's a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I also do think Montel Cozart will play, play, you know, play some kind of mm -hmm. factor this season. It could be somebody they get creative with. Exactly. Yeah, maybe do some jet sweeps, things like that. Keon Kinner, uh, he, he's he's going to have to run the ball. Mm -hmm. He's got to be effective running the ball to help set up the passing game. And. Uh, the aforementioned Speedy Gonzalez, he's he's going to add a big play element that they didn't have. He's he's fast, so mm -hmm. he should be able to get deep and get behind some secondaries, maybe lead to some big plays. You said this guy was a transfer. Yeah, he uh, transferred from Texas A&M. He's a former four-star wide receiver. Oh, I know who he is. Okay, now you said A&M. Okay, I know who he is. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. Now on defense, just the there's not really a key player. They just need to play better as a unit. I mean, obviously you can go with the Fish Smithson. But it, as a whole, it needs to step up. Mm -hmm. Starting with the defensive line, they've got to do a better job stopping the run. Secondary, once if, if they can, if they can be a little bit more effective against it, they can. The secondary can start actually trying to defend people instead of cheating on the run, and it, it should improve as as a whole. Yeah, they uh, get exposed over the top a lot. Yes. Key games they get, for the they team. get exposed in general a lot. <laughs> Key games for the team. Brady's right? making a lot of friends in Kansas. He might not be able to go up there anytime soon. Right. I apologize, guys, but. It's the truth. Uh, Key games for Kansas this year. I have Rhode Island. It's game number one. They're gonna, they're gonna go. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. There. This is a must win. This is this is the game that's barring some kind of miracle. Rhode Island is not going to beat them. Uh, Texas Tech. They played them close last year. It's the first game of the Big Twelve. The first game of Big Twelve. Unfortunately, this year it's going to be in Lubbock, so it may be a bit harder, but. We'll kind of see where they are this year compared to Big 12 teams at that point. I think we have uh, Jockstrap coming in with a, a key game as well. Uh, I think it's Kansas plays Duke at Madison Square Garden. 
<laughs> Skip right to basketball. There you go. Is that November? Shot, shots fired already. <laughs> when is that? November 15th. Yeah, yeah. Right, Kansas fans, there's something to look forward to. That's when the season starts. <laughs> You'll just have to kind of move your calendar forward to basketball season after the Ohio game. <laughs> but I definitely expect an improvement in Kansas. Uh, I, even I, if they don't win as many games or, or win any games, really, I just I expect them to look a little better. The guy seems like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. All jokes aside, I do think that they will. You'll see some improvement. I don't expect a lot. And I do think the win Rhode Island, the toss-up game, the game that I had them winning for the second win was against Ohio. Mm-hmm. They do have a chance to win that. Will they? You know, that's there's a chance. I, I mean, I, we, we want them to. We don't want them to be that bad. No. I mean, we, we obviously want them to, you know, it, it was better when they had reasoning and the conference was going to war. All right. Well, looks like uh, Baylor's up next, and that's with me. So uh, let's take a look at Baylor. Uh, the big news this offseason was obviously had to be all the sexual assault case stuff coming up with Baylor and the firing of Bryles. But, uh, you know, we don't have a big discussion on that right now. But, uh, you know, the firing of Bryles, they brought on a new head coach and uh, Jim Grove. And uh, he's supposed to be like a disciplinarian type to try to help right this ship in this crazy time that Baylor's having. Um, you know, the funny thing is about this is that he's been a coach for a while, but this is probably the most talent that he's ever had on a football team that he has coached. So I'm really interested to see how well he is able to to work with this team uh, with this much talent. I would agree with that. I definitely say it's probably the most talent he's ever had. Yeah, where where was he at? Did he? I mean, I know he was out of coaching for a little while. Where was he at before? Uh, Virginia, was he, wasn't it? Is it Wake Forest? Wake Forest. That's yeah, Wake Forest. Sorry, that Wake Forest. was it. Yeah, and uh, then on offense this year they're going to return to five starters. Uh, of course, the quarterback Seth Russell. Uh, a lot of you know who he is. He, he's a really good quarterback. Uh, last year he yeah. played seven games before he got his neck hurt at Iowa State. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and which seven, I thought was going to be career ending. I know. I'm really. I'm, I'm, really I'm glad to see him back. Yeah, it didn't look good for a while. And uh, while he was playing, the Bears went 7-0, and and they had an average point differential of plus 36 points when he was in the game. Man. That's, that's, that's a huge number. Yeah. And then if you flip that, the six games that he missed, the Bears went 3-3, three and three, and their average point differential was only one, plus one. Mm-hmm. So that means, you know, the guy's... 30 like 35 point differential i'd be interested to see what it was if he took the texas was it the texas game out of it at the end of the year when they had all the quarterback injuries that was the worst yeah yes i'd be interested to see what that was that game brought that total way down that was horrible well, well and the teams that they were playing at the beginning of the year let's be honest yes. were a yes. lot a lot weaker opponents than they did yes. when they finished right yeah I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that one bit but no I mean, no but yeah the, but the kick he played yeah no, no no definitely no definitely and, agree, and yes. a big hurt i was just saying yeah well, it, that probably bring, brings it down somewhat that, that brings me to my next point about the uh, about the quarterback situation, if if Russell were to get hurt again, uh, Baylor is in big trouble this year, more so than they were last year, because last year they were able to bring in he was a freshman at the time, Jared St- uh, Stidham, 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 yeah, Stidham, sorry, Stidham. Uh, he filled up for Russell last year, but this year he's transferring out. He's going to be going to JUCO this year, and then more than likely, it looks like he's probably heading to Auburn next year. Yep, that's what I was thinking. And then whenever uh, Stidham got hurt, uh, they brought in their wide receiver slash. Uh, QB Chris Johnson. Well, he transferred out too. He's down Houston. Oh, did he? Yes. I didn't realize yeah, he transferred. Yes. So okay. now the backup is kind of up in the air. It's kind of looking like it's going to be going to freshman uh, Zach Smith. He, he came in in January. Uh, he's 6'4", 235-pound quarterback out of uh, Grandview High School in Texas. Oh, okay, okay. He, he seems yeah. like he's got some potential, but, I mean, you're talking about mm-hmm. throwing a true freshman in there if, if something happened to Russell. So. He, he's not as highly recruited as Stidham was. Stidham oh, no. Was, so, I mean, you're not going to be getting the same kind of quarterback in there. No, definitely not. 
And so that, that's going to be a really interesting thing. Hopefully Russell can stay healthy. If not, it could be it could be spell trouble for uh, Baylor this year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, running back, of course, we all know he's, they got shocked with Linwood, mm-hmm. who was an absolute stud. Um, and then he had, what, 1,329 yards and, like, 10 touchdowns last year. So, I mean, the, the guy can produce. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's pretty a pretty underrated player as far as their team. I think he gets overlooked a lot uh, yeah. with, with their throwing game. And their other running back had a great year last year, too, uh, Johnny Jefferson. He had 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. So it looks like the Bears, as far as the backfield, are, are looking really good going into this year if they can all stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide out, of course, they lost Corey Coleman, who yeah. gave them a lot of production over the last few years. And the burner. Yes. And so they're probably looking forward to uh, Katie Cannon. He uh, caught 51 passes last year to kind of stepping in and uh, trying to fulfill that <coughs> role. Uh, one of the other guys they, they thought would be a starter is uh, Ishmael Zamora. And, uh, well, he kind of got in a little trouble, and it's, his situation is up in the air. He, I guess there's a video surfaced on the Internet that, of him uh, beating his dog. So <laughs> he, his, his situation is now a little bit up in the air with everything that's going on. Mm. So, you yeah. know, at the wide receiver position, I would say a big question is, is which guy is going to be the man to step up and be, be the number one receiver? Yeah. And, you know, all signs point towards Cannon, but, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see that, what happens. That's who I'd put my money on, Cannon. He was, yeah. he's a very lethal guy when you let him be. When he does what he needs to do, he's, he's dangerous. He, he even had some talk right after all that Baylor stuff came out that he was going to transfer out, and he ended up, I think he probably realized that he'd have to sit out a year. So yeah. he ended up staying on for this year. And I, I he's a junior, junior. right? Yeah, yes. I think he's a junior, yeah. so, so he'll be on his way so out. So he'll be on season. his way out after this year. I have some stuff, stats. As you said, Russell's an a absolute stud. He had 2,104 passing yards and 29 touchdowns in seven games. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a good stat. Through, through seven said, games, that's that's Heisman Heisman worthy right there. Uh, he was right there in the Heisman. And as yeah. you said, Chuck Linwood, he's also a stud, and he had he had 1,300 yards rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, and then, and then our, our O line brings it to the O line here, and this is this is where the big question mark is for for Baylor as far as offensively. The, the only thing we returning one starter is their center Kyle uh, Kyle Fuller. Mm-hmm. Now he was second team All Big Twelve last year, so he he's a pretty good pretty good lineman. But the problem is is that everybody else that they're gonna have is has no experience. Mm-hmm. They're they're all fresh, and uh, they were gonna bring, have, probably have a starting guard and uh, Rami Hammond uh, playing over on the left guard. But uh, he kind of got himself in a little trust, uh, trouble, too. He was arrested for stalking his ex-girlfriend. So he's been expelled off the team here in the last week, couple weeks. And they had the real highly recruited kid that ended up transferring to Texas. Brady, you remember his name off the top of my I can't remember his Hudson. name. Hudson. Yeah, Hudson. Yes. Hudson, yeah. yeah. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, one, one thing I will say about what the kids I do have on, on campus right now as far as linemen, they're huge. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they average – an astonishing 6'5", 320 pounds is the average of, of their linemen right now. Yeah. So, I mean, they got some big bodies. The question is, can they gel together and can they actually block somebody? Yeah. You know, and that's, that's still to be, to be determined. But the uh, good thing is they got three cupcakes at the beginning of the season to kind of work to work <laughs> in these things and try to work out some kinks. It seemed like last year, too, If and this is just off the top of my head, it seemed like they stayed pretty healthy along the offensive line and they didn't really have a chance to play anybody else. As much yeah. as they probably should have, in hindsight, given what they're looking at this year. But I think with the quarterback situation, and everything, they had to stay in a lot more games than maybe they would necessarily been able to. You know, they probably been able to pull some of them out in some games 
if Russell would have been in there and they would have had a bigger score. But a lot of times they were struggling just to stay in ball games, you mm-hmm. know, so it made, made the situation a little harder to get those type of linemen in there to play. That's true, especially late in the year. They weren't exactly in a comfortable position just to let people go. So. Right. And then over moving over to the defensive side of the ball, they're going to be turning five stars this year. And uh, the the biggest problem they're going to have is, is their defensive line. They, they've lost all four of the, their defensive linemen that were starting. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all gone. Yep. And uh, the only proven player that they have that's played quite a bit is a uh, defensive lineman. He's probably playing defensive end this year in uh, K.J. Smith. Uh, he's a pretty talented kid, but you know he hasn't played that much. Mm-hmm. And then as far as filling the inside tackle positions, it looks like they're going to have to rely on uh, senior Byron Bonds, and then they brought in a Juco transfer and Jeremy Falk. Uh, but you know, the big question is is simply this, will, will they be able to stop the run? Mm-hmm. Last year they did a pretty good job stopping the run, which helped their defense quite a bit. But you know, in the Big 12, and well, any conference for that matter, if you can't stop the run, you're going to struggle in other areas. So yeah, it's how, be how's their how they, how's their depth there? It's it's pretty it's pretty light. It's not it's not very good. Um, they they have like I said, they bring bringing in some JUCO kids, so you know that's usually a bad sign as far as what your depth is. And so if they're thinking that the JUCO kids are going to be playing right away, that's usually not a, a strong sign as to what you got behind the guys you lost last year. And anybody that was any good as far as potential to play this year and possibly next year that came out of that recruiting class in 16, it left. Yeah. They, they transferred else. out. So yep. they, they had 22 kids sign, you know, sign and uh, only like t- 10 of them mm-hmm. actually came to campus. So that's over yeah. half your draft, over your recruiting class that you've lost. You know, that's tough. Mm-hmm. And at the linebacker position, they're going to be returning uh, starter uh, t- uh, Taylor Young, and um, he's probably going to have to be the coach on the field because he's pretty much the only returning starter they have in the front seven. Mm-hmm. So he's really going to have to direct traffic and make sure people are where they're supposed to be. So I'm curious to see how well he's able to do that because it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. And as far as their other linebackers, they have they're mature by age. Uh, they have some seniors and some juniors, but they don't really have that much experience. So. We're going to see what Phil Bennett does with them and if he can work them in and, and get them acclimated in the first three games, see how well they play. And then if you move back to secondary, I'd have to say that their secondary is by far the strongest part of their defense. Uh, you know, they have they have two – sorry, they have four returning starters and two of them are their safeties, the Orion Stewart and uh, Chance Watts. They, they are talented and they get to the ball. And they're also returning who I think, in my opinion, is their most dynamic player in secondary, and it's uh, Trayvon Blanchard. Mm-hmm. He can play. He, he reminds me a lot. You guys were talking about Stryker earlier. He kind of reminds me of that. He can he can blitz. He can cover. He can hit you. You know, he, he does all those little things that you can't really coach. He's just a football player. Yeah, you know, I remember him last year. He seemed like he kind of he would seek out t- uh, contact pretty well. Like yes. he didn't have any problems sticking his head in there and no. somebody. No, and he like he likes to get after the quarterback stuff too. So. I'm expecting him to basically be my. If I had to pick a defensive MVP for them, that would be who I would say would be the defensive MVP. I think he's he's got the talent and he's got the drive to to make some stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, you got the big question marks. It has to be the offensive line, defensive line. If if they can sort those yeah. things out, I think they could be a pretty solid team. They got enough skill players, but you know, you have to control the, uh, the trenches to be able to compete in football. So that, to me, is the major, major question going in is how well the offensive line and defensive line will gel. Uh, the offensive MVP, well, it had to be Seth Russell. I mean, I can't – in a quarterback league like a Big 12, I don't see how you would uh, put anybody else in that position. And so I started thinking about this this whole record thing. 
And I tell you, I, I milled over it and thought about it and tried to think, and it's so tricky on this one because I, they have enough talent where they could win nine plus games. But at the same time, with all the stuff that's happened to them, all the changes, the coaches, the offensive line, defensive line, if they went six and six, it wouldn't necessarily shock me either. And so I, I'm leaning towards the high side. I really think they're, they, they got a chance to be a nine and three team this year. But, you know, like I said, I, there's so many unknowns. Uh-huh. I wouldn't go to the Vegas, put money on that. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for them this season is keeping Seth Russell healthy. I think if he can stay healthy, then I think they can get up towards that nine and three like you're predicting. But if he goes down, I think that that record could go 500 or even less. Oh, I agree. I mean, they're going to put bubble wrap around the guy or something because without yeah. him on the field, they're they're really in trouble. Yeah, I would look for them to take him out if they got big leads pretty quickly. The, the, no doubt. They better, they better if they can because, mm-hmm. I mean, they uh, – I, I have a feeling, though, they're, if their defensive line doesn't come around, they're going to have to outscore people to win ball games, And so they're going to rely on him more so – his numbers this year might be absolutely just insane because he might have to throw the ball 70 times a game to win. It might be like it was when they first started coming on where they're really offensively heavy and the defense is just out there hoping to God they can get a few stops. The, the Bryce Petty days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That might be the direction I'll have to go in. So, I guess we can move on now to uh, to the next one. All right, up next we got Texas Tech, and that would be me. Uh, going on to their camp news and notes. The big name that I'm hearing and seeing on all the sites is uh, Andre Pipkin. He's a six foot three, three hundred twenty five pound defensive tackle transfer from Michigan. He set last year out. Uh, Tech has it on their website as a redshirt year, which I really don't understand. I'm going to have to do more research on that because it doesn't really make sense to me given that he transferred how it would be a redshirt year because he had to sit out is my understanding on how it took place. Yeah, I think they can designate a redshirt, though, for that sit-out year. Can they? Okay, I've yeah. never, yes. I don't recall anybody doing that. Maybe I just haven't paid close enough attention. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but they didn't designate that a redshirt year, did they? Yep. Tyron Johnson will be doing that for Okay, maybe they did. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't look at it closely enough. Sorry. Anyway, uh, uh, 2014, he appeared in five games. He recorded a career-high five tackles against Appalachian State. So he doesn't have, and that's thanks to Rivals' website there. Uh, He uh, hasn't had a ton of impact in the games. My guess is he's probably pretty good for Texas Tech. Wasn't quite good enough to play on the new Michigan defensive line, which has been really good as of late. Um, after watching some clips on him, to me, he's not a guy that's going to give you a ton of stats. What he does is he's going to collapse the pocket. He's going to eat up run blockers. He's going to try to get his hands on runners. You're probably going to have to double team him, team him at times. He's just kind of chaos in the center. He's, uh, uh, you know, just he's kind of he kind of reminded me of watching him actually a little bit of Warren Sapp, except he just doesn't get after the quarterback as well. As far as the fact that he just ate people up like he just constantly was causing ha- havoc everywhere um so that that arkansas game will be a good game to watch then with them you know to see if they can how well he does against the offensive line and a run attack like like you know sec style run attack yes exactly it'll be interesting to see how he does against real big offensive linemen because you know arkansas is going to be bringing some hosses so yeah i mean and that's that's a little bit of footage that i did see limited on him i didn't get to see a ton he just the guy seems to cause a lot of havoc uh, offensively in 2015, they were second in the nation in scoring, passing, and total yards at 45 points per game. 388, 388 passing, 192 rushing for a total of 580 per game. That's Campus Insiders, where that came from. Uh, 
Um, their key losses, Jakeem Grant, obviously. The dude did everything for him. I mean, he was tough to handle. He came out of the backfield, caught passes, made you miss everything. He had 90 receptions, 1,268 yards, 10 touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, a big loss for them that not as many people are talking about this offseason off is DeAndre Washington, the running back. 1,492 yards rushing and 14 TDs. That's a, that's a big replacement there. Uh, and uh, coincidentally, Mahomes was actually the second leading rusher. And uh, also they lost three of their offensive linemen off that. They're going to bring back two starters. Uh, in 2016, they're, they're having six returning uh, starters on offense. Obviously, the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, you know, his stats are ridiculous. 46-53 passing, 36 TDs, 15 interceptions. A little high on interceptions. In my opinion, he needs to cut that down a little bit. Uh, Rushing, 456 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns. Uh, Wide receiver Devin Lauderdale is a big comeback. Uh, Ian Sadler. They've got guys, they've got like, was it three or four guys? Let's see, three. Three guys that are really similar in stats. They're all around 40 catches. They're all around five to 700 yards, and they all around anywhere from seven to 10 TDs. So those three guys, I'm imagining, are probably going to be kind of, instead of having one key guy, kind of spreading it all out, in my opinion. And that's Reginald Davis, Ian Sadler, and uh, Devin Lauderdale. Those three names there. So they got a they got a pretty good shot at repeating a lot of those stats from last season. Then yeah, exactly. It's just kind of three guys that all do a little bit of everything. It seems like Tech always has those guys. There's always mm-hmm. three or four guys that are kind of they're they're obviously good receivers, but then there's usually a top level guy. There's, yeah, there's a receiver, and then there's three receivers that are just you can tell they're really good, but they don't get all the all the balls like the elite receivers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're enough that they're going to move that offense right. regardless. Yeah. Uh, guys to watch, names to watch that may be a little bit new to people. Uh, Derek Willies, he's a Juco transfer out of Iowa. Uh, the talk is out of camp from everything I'm seeing on their sites that they he could be their go-to guy this year that Colin was just referring to, that main guy. He's six foot three, 215 pounds, so not your average tech receiver. Uh, he's very physical. He fights for balls. A little bit I've watched on him, he has no problem going up and getting it, beating guys for balls. Uh, definitely could be good as a possession receiver, things like that. Um, the running back, Justin Stockton, is going to be filling in. Uh, he has th- he had 367 yards rushing last year, 5 TDs and 22 catches for 341 yards and 6 TDs. He's a speed guy, so he's your typical tech back that you see a lot uh, going back to the Mike Leach days. A smaller guy that can slash you to pieces, and they're going to try to put him in space. I mean, that's what they seem to do well there with their running backs. Yes, they do. Uh, for their offensive MVP, I mean, Mahomes, it's kind of a given there. The guy, I mean, a lot of people have him as the second best player in the conference. Uh, ESPN had him in their top 25. I think he was like rated 24 or 23rd in their uh, top 25 players in college football. So, I mean, the guy is really, really good. If he can get his uh, interceptions down, I think he could really push that offense to be, you know, push the whole team to really compete. Uh, moving on to their defense. They finished second to last in nation in total D. They allowed 548 yards per game. And second to last in the nation? Yep, in the nation. Wow. Man, I knew they were bad. I didn't think they were that bad, though. Yep, it's second, it's second to last in the nation at 548 yards per game and 43 points per game. And on the plus side, the only silver lining I could find is they were plus 25 in turnovers. So, uh, that's... 
Yeah, it, I mean, uh, take that out and then consider what, you know, or drop that down some and then consider what could have happened. Yeah. Uh, their key losses, uh, De- Dakota Allen, leading tackler, uh, sounds like he was kicked off the team. He was a linebacker, was supposed to be a rising star. Everybody was ranting and raving about him. This guy was going to be a linebacker like they hadn't had in a long time, and now he's gone. Uh, moving on to the 2016, what they have now, defensive line is the strength of the defense in my opinion, looking at it. Um, defensive tackle, some of the guys who follow recruiting out there might remember this name, Breeden Fihoko. He's 6'3", 290 pounds. He's a sophomore this year out of Hawaii. He was honorable mention all Big 12 as a freshman last year and started all 13 games for them. So the guy, I mean, the guy can play. If you go get a chance, go watch him. Very does he, good. Does he know Manny Taitaio's uh, girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he took her out on a few dates. <laughs> uh, defensive end, Gary Moore. Three sacks last season. He's also a big player for him. Uh, they had a transfer from Notre Dame who will be playing this year. Defensive tackle Colin Hill. I haven't got to see much of him. I saw a few clips on him. It's uh, not really a whole lot out there, but the little bit I'm hearing <laughs> on him at camp is he's a pretty solid player. Uh, linebacker, sophomore, Devontae Hinton. He is basically the only credible guy I really felt like on their linebacking core. He's going to be leading a group of young guys. They're really young at linebacker. Um, players to watch, obviously I mentioned them all going camp, defensive tackle Andre Pipkins, which goes back to my theory that the defensive line is the strength of the team, which isn't necessarily typical for Tech, I would say. Um, defensive MVP, in my opinion, is going to be Fihoko. He's just looking at the stats he had last year, what he did this year, or last year, what he could do this year. Um, the fact that he's going to have a little more help on that line. Uh, you know, linebacker may not quite have as much help as he had last year, but I feel like they'll still be solid up there. Um, also, just key guys are returning. Uh, the kickers, Clayton Hatfield returns. He made 14 of 16 field goals as a freshman last year. Uh, they have a new punter this year, Michael Barton. Uh, going into their key games, um, in my opinion, and I know this sounds a little weak, but this is honestly, if you look at it, they don't really have a key game. They have a key stretch. And I don't know if you guys kind of remember the, the red October, they called it, that Oklahoma went through in 2000 when they went to the national title. It's kind of a similar deal. If you go from October 15th to November 12th, you got versus West Virginia, versus Oklahoma, at TCU, versus Texas, at Oklahoma State. You have all those back-to-back-to-back-to-back. And I, I think that's, that's going to be a key stretch for them. If they can survive that 3-2, and two, they very easily could finish the season at ten and two, but if they can't, then it, they're looking. That if it depends on when they, we'll know at the end, beginning of November where Tech's going to be for the end of the year. And that's all I've got on Tech. All right, I think that's me next with West Virginia, right? Yes, sir, Brady. You have West Virginia. All right. Uh, last year, West Virginia finished the regular season seven and five. They ended up uh, four and five in Big Twelve play. They, they ended up on a high note uh, winning that kind of thriller of a game. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched it last night. I think it was the Cactus – or not last night, but last season. It was the Cactus Bowl against Arizona State. They ended up winning 43-22. Uh-huh. Uh, so it brought their, brought their overall record to 8-5 and five last year. Um, so they had a pretty decent year last year. Uh, West Virginia, they averaged 34 points per game last year. And they only gave up 24.6 per game, which is was kind of surprising to me when I was doing some research. Uh, I don't remember them I remember them having a pretty solid D, but I didn't think 24 
points per game was was what they were giving up. I thought they were giving up a little more than that. Yeah, I felt like more. Uh, one of the surprising things that I saw from a Holgersen team was they almost they had just about three thousand yards rushing as a team last year, and just a little over thirty two hundred yards passing. So it was about a close to as close to a fifty fifty split as you're going to get. Uh, Holgersen obviously runs the air raid. Uh, he runs a little different style, has a little more running with it, but he's never had a season that's ended that close in rushing and passing. Um, offense, they averaged about 480 yards of offense last season. And on the defensive side, they gave up around 400 yards a game. So had a good defense. Uh, especially in the Big Twelve, four hundred yards a game. That's yeah, that's not that's not a terrible one to Big Twelve. Yeah, not a not a great number overall. Looking at a lot of schools, but four hundred yards a game in the Big Twelve is is pretty respectable. No, that's that's like giving in the low threes in a lot of other conferences. So. Yeah, they also rank number four in total offense and defense in in twenty fifteen. Uh, the record, I mean, was pretty good. But it could have been even better. They lost a uh, overtime game against Oklahoma State. Was that single overtime or double overtime? You guys remember? I believe single. Single overtime? Yeah, I think it was too. They lost that one, and they lost a really close game at the end of the year against K-State. So they could have easily finished with a 10-win season if if those two would have turned it around or if those two would have been different. Do outcomes. You, do you think if Holgerson goes eight and five again this year that he start to get he, he might start feeling a little hot on his seat? I do. I, I think they expect more out of him. I think he's had some a lot better talent than than what he's produced over the last few years. Uh I mean they've had they've had good seasons here and there, but yeah, eight and five not not the type of season that he's pushing for. I think last year's team had they had Clint Trickett could have done a little more. I mean, if you watch them, I know in a few games I can think of early in the season, if they would have had a better quarterback, they would have been a lot better team, I yeah. think. They had they had pretty good sum of parts. Howard, Howard's usually, he's one of those guys that always comes up with the uh, timely turnover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, he, I, he can I hurt think you too, as much as he can help you. I think, too, them losing Carl Joseph week four, uh, that – yeah. That hurt him big time. I mean, they still had a really good defense, but it didn't hurt him as bad as I thought better. it would at the time. But it definitely hurt him. Yeah, I mean, he's still, as you know, he still got drafted in the first round with yeah. that injury. So yeah, very good. He's, player. he's an elite player. Um, some losses on offense, just losses in general. They lost twenty seniors on the off season, uh, from offense and offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball. But on offense, they lost Wendell Smallwood. The running back, he rushed for a little over 1,500 yards and had about 160 receiving yards. Well, did he lead the, the league in rushing? Yes, he, he led the Big 12 conference, got the rushing crown for the conference. He that's averaged awesome. about 130 yards per game. So that that's a pretty big loss for them uh, and a big reason why they rushed for almost 3,000 yards last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also lose the offensive lineman Marquise Lucas, uh, they're tied in Cody Clay, kind of a wide receiver slot guy, Jordan Thompson, and then they they lose their punter, Nick O'Toole. Uh, those guys all, player. yeah, those those guys all graduated this this off season. 
So they lost they lost a little bit on offense, but I think they can replace all of that. I think they've got some good some good running backs in the waitings. Maybe not as talented as Wendell, but definitely some is the uh, a couple guys the sh- out there to replace them. Is the shell kid there still? Yes. Uh, running back? Yeah. So he, he returners good. for the returners on offense on the running back side, they got that Rochelle shell. Uh, he was kind of the number two guy. He had, I want to say like 700 yards, a little over 700 yards rushing last year. Kind of more of a bruising running back. Looks for contact. Doesn't try to avoid it. Uh, lowers the shoulder. Fights for yardage type guy. So, He's back. I think uh I think he'll be not as good as Wendell Woods, but I think I think he'll he can really take off. They've also got a couple of running backs that kind of that I think you should watch for. Dante Thomas Williams. Uh he, he saw some carries last year as a redshirt fr- freshman. And they've also got a true freshman, Kennedy McCoy, that that I think's gonna fight for some playing time early this year and in all reality, I think he's probably the most talented out of the, out of the three. Uh, another returner that had quarterback senior Skylar Howard. If you saw any of West Virginia last year, he was very up and down throughout the year. Didn't really – he had some good games, bad games, good times, bad times. But where he kind of solidified his role was in that Cactus Bowl where he threw for 532 yards and five touchdowns in that win against Arizona State. It was actually the Cactus Bowl MVP. So I think that game there helped solidify his starting spot for this season. Otherwise, I think there would have been a, a pretty good quarterback battle going into this season. Yeah, he you could tell with him, you see signs of you know brilliance where he could be a very solid Big 12 quarterback and could do some damage. But he, he definitely needs to work on consistency. And it seems like he needs to, um, you know, have a little more authority in the pocket. It seems like he's really quick to kind of to flee, you know, out of there. He, he needs to stand in. I know it's easy for me to say sitting in a chair wearing headphones, but he needs to stand in the pocket and take shots a little better, it seems like, and, and give plays a little bit longer chance to develop. Yeah, I think I think he'll be helped out a lot this year by the wide receiver core. I think it's going to be the bright spot of the offense this season. Uh, they got guys like Dakel or however you say it, to kill Shorts, Shelton Gibson, and Karan White. Shorts, I think, is going to be the leading receiver for them. Uh, Gibson, that that guy, to me, he provided the uh, kind of the highlight reel catches last year. You saw a lot of, glimpse of glimpses of how special he can be as a receiver. So I expect him, him to be very solid this year. Um, offensive line, I – Offensive line to me is probably one of the top top groups in the Big Twelve. They're they're returning everyone but Marquise Lewis. Uh, they got five guys back who started at least six games or more. Tyler Orlowski, he seems to be the anchor of the offense and somebody who Holgerson kind of calls the 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 leader of the entire offensive unit. So I think I think the offensive line they've got they've got good depth there. They've got good good experience. I think it'll be. I think Skyler's going to be very happy about what he's got protecting him this year. So you might see him a little more poised in the pocket uh, than he had in the years past or in last year's season. Mm-hmm. You can also argue that Holger. This is probably Holgerson's best offensive line he's had since he's been the coach there at West Virginia. Well, since you brought up Holgerson, 
I think a big question I have is, has he done anything with his hair, or does he still look, look like uh, Big Iron from Kingpin? Has he, <laughs> has he, has he done Big Iron. I, I don't think McCracken. the guy's ever going to change his hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got those three or four wispies flapping in the wind when he's a little upset. Yeah. Keeps that headphone off. Uh, on to the defense. Defense, they they lost a lot on defense. Uh, as Corey mentioned earlier when he was talking about OU, they actually led the led the conference uh, in rush defense last year, which which was surprising to me as as well. I didn't I didn't think they were that good at stopping the run, but turns out they were they were really good at starting the, stopping the run. They only returned four starters, so losing losing six of their seven tackle top seven tacklers from last season uh, they're losing their nose tackle Kyle Rose uh, that's that's a big loss for them uh, gotta gotta find a guy to replace him um, their their worst position to me where they lost the most they lost five line, five linebackers the biggest being Nick Watowski I think is how you pronounce it uh, he was drafted in the NFL. To me, linebacker, they're going to be very, very inner, inexperienced. They had, they had some guys coming in. They had one guy, last name Ferns, four-star recruit, coming in this year. He was looking good, and he ended up tearing his ACL. So he's he's out for the year. So where they were already inexperienced and a little thin, they're, they're getting thinner there. So to me. Linebacker was a big part of their their run run stopping defense last year, and it's going to be a struggle for them this year. Secondary, secondary's also lost lost a couple guys there. Lost KJ Dillon, lost Darren Worley, and then Carl Joseph, which, like I mentioned earlier, he was lost after the fourth game last year. So they they've lost a lot of secondary guys, lost a lot of experienced guys. And they also are bringing in new secondary coaches. They got Matt Capone, who's going to be coaching the safeties, and Blue Adams, who's going to be their both first year, and this guy's going to be coaching the cornerbacks. So they're going to be inexperienced there, and they have new coaches, probably new schemes. So it could be could be a rough rough go for them starting out on defense. Uh, one guy that they expect to fill kind of that safety position was that. Drayvon Askew Henry. He was having a good camp and and he's he's already lost for this season with the knee injury, so he's going to miss the entire season as well. So defense defense is big big time losses this offseason. Some returners they have their best position group on defense is going to be the defensive line. They've got two of those guys coming back. Noble uh, I don't know how you say his last name, Nwakachu. 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 And Christian Brown, Noble had eight and a half sacks last year. Really solid player, really athletic guy off the edge. Uh, I, I expect him to have a have a good year this year as well. Jared Harper, he's he's returning his secondary back to the secondary. Sorry, I'm jumping around here. But Jared Harper uh, replaced Joseph last season whenever he got hurt. Uh, Jeremy Tyler is going to replace Dylan this year. They also, Holgerson did sign some Juco College prospects. One of those, if you guys remember, Kevin White from a couple of years ago, a uh, wide receiver, standout guy from West Virginia. They, they signed his brother as a defensive back, Kazir White. So they're expecting him to get some playing time this year there. 
like I mentioned, returners on defense, Nwakachu, I think that guy to me is going to be the defensive MVP. I think a lot of the season rides on on his success. If he can get back in the back in the backfield, make some noise on that defensive line, uh, stuff some runs, get some sacks. I think as long as he gets some pressure up front, uh, he should be able to. The defense should be able to survive on on what they're going to do. Otherwise, if he doesn't, then I'll go to my offensive MVP, Skylar Howard, the quarterback. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to do what he did in against Arizona State. I think if he can repeat some of that success he had there, and with the defensive struggles, he's gonna be in a lot of shootouts. So it's it could be a tough tough go for them this year. Um, There's definitely gonna be a lot of pressure on Howard to perform. Yeah. I, I would like to think that they're going to have a, a decent year this year, but it might be more the same what they had last year. Any idea what kind of record you think they're going to have? I'm not. I'm not willing to predict a record. I think uh, they start out. <laughs> Wuss, you puss. They Come start. I'll, I'll kind of run through their schedule real quick. They start out against Missouri, which Missouri comes into Morgantown. So they got an SEC team, a former Big Twelve team, right out of the gate. So I think they'll be tested pretty early there. Um, but I think if they can get by them, and then they have BYU two weeks, well, three weeks, they have a bye week in between there. They have BYU, and then they open up against K-State in the Big 12. I think if they can get through those four at 4-0 four and, and go down to Lubbock where they play Texas Tech and on their fifth game, I think if they can give – to me, the season rides on Texas Tech. If they can give Texas Tech a run for their money and win that game – I think that puts them in a good position to get above that eight-win season they had last year. And if they lose that game, I think uh, they got TCU after that and Oklahoma State, and then they have Kansas, and then you throw Texas and Oklahoma at them. So I don't know. I think I think best-case scenario is going to be nine and three, and and worst case, you're looking at a repeat of what they had last year, seven and five. I think the best game is against BYU. With all the talk about BYU coming to the Big 12, I want to see how they play. Yeah, it'll be that, that'll definitely be an interesting matchup. I mean, who knows by that date, we might have a decision on on what teams will be added to the Big 12. Yeah, the rumor is early as October and late as December, so we'll see. Yeah. I, I, would, I would err on the side of December. I don't, I don't want to see them doing it in the middle of the season. But who knows? I mean, anything yeah. happened this league. So. Does, does this league do anything that you would consider normal in the last? Yeah. God knows how many years. What this league does doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We don't have time to open that can of worms in this podcast. <laughs> um, anybody got anything else to add? Uh, uh, Any intriguing games, real quick? Uh, if you had yeah. to pick one. Yeah. If, I had to pick, if I had to pick one out of this group of games, I, I'm really interested in the OU Houston game. Houston game, uh, first game of the season. There, there's a lot on the line for both teams. And so it's, it's going to be a very interesting game. It, it, OU's whole season kind of will, will veer off in this game. I mean, if they go out and play well and do good, it sets them up good for a playoff. And if they were to go out and lose, it changes the dynamic really fast. So. Yeah. My intriguing game is uh, OU at, at TCU. I feel like it's going to be a good game and it has a major effect on the Big 12 title. Yep, definitely does. I like yep. uh, the Tech versus OSU game. That's always a yeah, high-scoring game. 
turn it into a bit of a rivalry, I think it, it'll be a very interesting game to watch. Yep. Yeah, very. I know we didn't – we kind of skipped over some OU scheduling stuff. I think OU's, OU's preseason schedule or non, non-conference schedule, I mean, you got Houston, which you talked about, but also – I'm looking forward to the uh, September 17th when they play Ohio State at home. I mean that game. Yeah. You, I mean the AP poll. What was it? How many over the past? How many every years? Those two teams ranked number one and number two in the AP poll. So that to me is one of the biggest games in college football this year. Not just not just because it's OU, but I mean that's two prestigious programs battling it out. So I I'm looking forward to that game. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, that's all we got this time uh, on this particular podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to try to do this twice a week. Uh, we're going to do wrap-up shows after each uh, Saturday, Thursday games, whatever may come across the schedule. And uh, try to follow us on Twitter at Big12Country, uh, B-I-G-X-I-I, Country. Uh, the email is Gmail at Big Country Gmail. Uh, anything else we have? Big xii country at gmail sorry i said that backwards yeah that's cool um uh just kind of look out for next next episode where we cover the the next five teams in in the big 12 and like like Corey said give us a follow and hope to hope to hear from you guys and if you have any questions hit us up and and we'll try to get them answered on the podcast absolutely any show topics any things we're not anything we're not covering you want to hear Okay, until next time, guys. Say bye. 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 Later. See you.